to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message.
we get surprised. And that can make you backslide. Hallelujah. Now, a person who easily gets surprised by the sins and the weaknesses and the mistakes of Christians is someone that can easily backslide. And that is why you need to know that there are such things as Christian surprises. Hallelujah. You see, because we expect the church to be a perfect place. We expect that the church is full of righteous people, full of loving people. So when the so-called born-again Christian backslides, or when the so-called born-again Christian sins or makes a mistake, it gives you an amazement. It gives you a shock. It gives you a surprise. And when you are not aware of such surprises, you can backslide. That will be the end of your walk with God. Hallelujah. When you don't know that Christians can do certain things, it can cause you to backslide. Hallelujah. And you realize that in the Bible, God does not portray perfect people. All the characters in the Bible, almost all of them, that you read about, cannot be described as perfect people. And God does that for a reason. Are you listening to me? You will think that if God is going to choose a person to represent in the Bible, that person should be a righteous person. That person should be a perfect person. That person should be flawless. Are you listening? But that is not the case in the Bible. When we talk about Abraham, for instance, who is the father of faith, someone who is described as the father of faith, you will will hear about him sleeping with his maid servant. Abraham. Sleeping with his maid servant, a married man. Sleeping with someone that he was not married to. And having a child with that person. So God does not give us perfect people. When you talk about Jacob. Jacob, that is named Israel. That all the promises of God came to. He is described as a twister. Like skilled in tricks. He's very skilled in tricks. He tricks people to make it in life. This is a person described in the Bible. Are you listening? Take Noah, the one that God chose to build an ark to save his family and the animals. When God wanted to destroy the whole world with a flood, this is the man he chose. And he is an alcoholic. He drinks and then he's lying down in gutters naked. Are you listening? This is a person in the Bible. Who else? Take Samson. Samson, that the spirit of the Lord was upon, his choice of a wife was a prostitute. He wanted to marry a prostitute, and no one could change his mind. If you hear that your pastor is getting married, and he went to 42nd Street to find a wife, not born again, and then you come the next Sunday, and your pastor announces that he's going to have a wedding, and he's inviting the whole church, Who is the wife? And we are looking at all the women in the church. Who could it be? Who could that be? None of them. This was Samson. No matter what his parents would say, he said, this is the woman that I want. Are you listening? David. A man after God's own heart. That is his description. 
So you will realize that all these people are not perfect. David is someone who slept with somebody's wife. He slept with somebody's wife and didn't leave it there. Then he made arrangements to murder the husband of the wife, of the, pers- the lady. So when you hear that your pastor has done something like this, perhaps that will be the end of your service to the Lord. And that is why God shows us all these people. God gives us all these people as examples. So that when you hear that someone has behaved in a similar way, you will not be amazed. (laughs) Are you listening? Look at Peter, who was a leading apostle, the foundation of the church. When the time came for him to stand by his master, he deserted. And someone who was chosen, trained, ministered to, to take on the mantle and start the church, he quit the ministry and went to do fishing. Now, if you hear your pastor has done that, and now he has come back, he says, I'm starting the church. Would you come to join that church? You will not. But you see, when we read about these people, we leave them aside and don't expect any other surprises to happen to us. Francis, are you listening? And then we get shocked. So the Bible writes about all the sins and the weaknesses and the mistakes of all these great people who walk with God. So that when you come to church, when you come to the faith and you experience this, you don't get amazed. Hallelujah. Because many people have an expectation of a church to be a perfect place. A perfect place. Sometimes you have faith and you, 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 you have respect for someone who invites you to church. And you see the person's commitment to the church and to God. And then the person does something to you. The person behaves in a way. You see the person's behavior, the person's truthfulness, and so on and so forth. It puts you off. And you say, that's the end. But there are Christian surprises. Say Christian surprises. One of the main things that caused many Christians to backslide and to fall away is when they have disappointment in their pastors or in their leaders. When they experience any form of disappointment in their leaders, then it causes them to backslide. The Bible tells pastors or Christian leaders not to do certain things. You see, the Bible talks about a pastor should have one wife. You know, a pastor should not be greedy. A pastor should not be pompous. A pastor should not run after money or run after women. The Bible talks about all of these things. Now, if the Bible is talking about these things, that a man of God should not be involved in this, a man of God should not have desire for money, filthy locker, you should not do the work of God for money, you should have, you be a man of one wife, And so, if that is something the Bible is talking about, then it means that there's a potential for men of God to do that. Because then there will not be any need for the Bible to talk about that. The fact that the Bible is talking about it means that they can do it. And people have done it. It has happened. And when these things happen, it causes many people to fall away because people are not aware of Christian surprises. People are not aware that even in the Bible, there are people, many people like that, or the Bible is full of people like that. Hallelujah. 
Some pastors have been involved in certain serious scandals. Sex, money, breakaways, and all kinds of things. And when you are not aware of these things, you can fall away. Hallelujah. Are you listening? If a pastor has done any of these things, any of these things, and you hear about it, your conclusion is that even if a pastor has done this, what is the point of going to church anyway? Is it not what we say? We say, if the pastor has done this, what is the point in going to church anyway? And it causes many people to fall away. But one thing that you have to understand is that pastors are humans. Amen. Pastors are humans, and no matter how far, how much they walk with God, no matter what they do for God, they will remain human. Amen. The Bible talks about Elijah in James chapter 5 and verse 17. He says, Elijah is a man of like passion. Just as we are. He's a man of like passions just as we are. Yet he prayed fervently that it will, shall not rain on the earth. It shall not rain. And it did not rain on the earth for a span of one year and six months. Amen. He's a man just like us. It means he's a human being just like you and I. He's a human being with similar passions. He's a human being with the same human nature like yours. That means if Elijah was to see a beautiful woman, she probably would look and turn around. It's possible that if Elijah was praying, he can fall asleep. You see, you cannot imagine, you cannot imagine that Elijah will have human nature like us because he does such powerful work. But it is to show us that God just chooses vessels, fills them with his anointing, and he uses them. And they are capable of doing anything just like you. Are you listening? When David did something like that, when David did something like that, when he slept with someone else's wife, he felt that this vessel is not going to be useful to God anymore. So he prayed that God should not take the spirit that he has placed in him from him. Because that is what made him any different from you and I. So he prayed. He says, please don't take the spirit from me. You see, but when we experience such surprises, it causes blunder. It causes many to fall away. It causes many to fall away. When there is a, a, a problem associated with a pastor, half of the church people will leave. Half of them will leave. If there is a divorce, a pastor gets divorced, many of his church members will leave. If you hear that the pastor has had a child with someone else's wife, 90% of the church members will leave. That will be the end of this, his ministry. But God intentionally writes all these things. Hallelujah. To show us. What is Christian surprises? Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 Hebrew chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
looking unto our pastors, looking unto Christian leaders, looking unto serious Christians. No, not to look unto anyone. But the scripture says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Your eyes must be unto Jesus all the time. Not unto your pastor. Not unto any Christian leader. You cannot serve God with your pastor as your model. The only model that God has given to us is Jesus Christ. He's the only model. Not Abraham. They are good examples to look at certain aspects. When we talk about faith, God gives us an example of Abraham. When we talk about love, God gives us an example of David. His love for God. Are you listening? You see? So, when we are talking about perfection, that all-round Christian, all-round character, God has given us only one high priest. That is Jesus Christ. Amen. That is why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You follow me as long as my eyes are heading towards Christ, follow me because I will lead you to him. But if you see the day that I turn away from Christ, stop following me. That means if your eyes are on Christ and you are following Paul and your eyes are on Christ, when Paul goes this way, you continue because this is where your eyes are. You continue to serve and none of his behavior will ever surprise you because your eyes are on Christ, the perfecter, the author, and the finisher of our faith. He says, we do not have an high priest who, shall not, who was not tempted, but he was tempted at all points, yet without sin. He, he knows about all of our weaknesses. He knows about all of our temptations. He said, we do not have an high priest who does not know of our temptations, our weaknesses, our sins, our, 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 our um, areas of weakness. Because he was tempted at all points. He was tempted at all points. He was tempted when you are fasting to break it, give, take food and forget about God. He was tempted. Just like you, you are, you are fasting and it gets to 12 and you say, they, they have brought free lunch. You say, I'll end my fast and then I'll continue tomorrow. He was tempted like that. The enemy brought food. Break your fast. So, if you call your pastor at 12 noon on the day that we are fasting, and then some food in his mouth. <laughs> um, ah, pastor, I thought you declared fasting for Oh, this church, I'm not going anymore. But your eyes must be on God. Your eyes must be on Jesus. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5, he says, this is what the Lord said. Cursed be the man whose trust is in man and whose strength is in the arm of flesh. You are cursed when you put your trust in man. When you put your strength in what man can do for you. This is what God says. Hallelujah. So Christian surprises when you are not aware of them. When you don't know that serious Christians, powerful Christians can fall and commit certain sin. Their sin, their weaknesses, their mistakes can cause you to backslide. Hallelujah. The next symptom is to be easily offended. To be easily offended. I like that someone is stressed easily. So that is the key word here. To be easily offended. So anyone who is very touchy, anyone who is easily hurt, anyone who is easily offended 
is a person who is on the verge of backsliding. If you are easily offended, anything offends you, you are a person who is on the verge of backsliding. Hallelujah. So such people are described as sensitive people. They say, I me, mean, I'm very sensitive. Anyone who says, I'm very sensitive, you are walking on the verge of backsliding. You are walking on a thin line. As for me, I'm very sensitive. It's not a good description of yourself. Anyone who we have to be very cautious when we are dealing with you, we have to be careful. We have to be careful when we are dealing with you. We have to be careful when we are talking to you. We have to be careful when we are rebuking you. We have to choose our words well. When we are re- How can you rebuke a person and choose your words nicely? If we always have to be cautious in dealing with you, you are a person that is not going to last long in the faith. Are you listening? Because how long do you think we can be cautious? I mean, we are not perfect. And every time we have to be cautious, you are not going to last in the faith. Amen. Any slight touch, slight touch, it tips you off. When you have such persons, you always hear them saying things like, I'm not coming there anymore. I'm not coming there anymore. You, I'm not. That, um, that church, I'm not coming there anymore. Touchy, sensitive. We call you, you won't answer. Because you are offended. I'm not coming anymore. I'm not going to the church anymore. We cannot use you for an example. You know? I mean, sometimes when I'm preaching and I'm talking about, for instance, as I'm talking about easily offended, and I say, Jesse, do you hear what I'm saying? You see, he says, ah, but what has he heard? Why is he calling my name? Ah. We can't use you, we can't call your name to address, I mean, I have to address someone. Joyce, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So I say, ah, did he, did he, why? Reverend is talking about easily offend and offense and calling my name. Easily offended. We don't call you. You are offended. And for that, you will not come to church. Sometimes you need three months to recover from the offense. We call and call and call, and then one day you just show up. Because the offense has weaned off. Don't be touchy. Say, don't be touchy. Anyone who is easily offended is difficult to live with. It's difficult to live with someone who is easily offended. Every moment you are offended, it's difficult to live with a person like that. You see, we are allowed to get hurt. We are allowed to get hurt. But we are not allowed to live with hurt. Do you understand? We are allowed to get hurt, but we are not allowed to live with hurt. We are not designed. God did not make us to live with hurt. Are you listening? The scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, it says, be ye angry, but sin not. Then it says, let not the sun go down upon your anger. That means don't go to bed with anger. Be ye angry. It's okay to be angry. God gets angry when we behave a certain way. But he does not live with the anger. The Bible says that when we confess our sins, he covers our sins. He blots them out so that he will not remember. That is the only way you can have a relationship with a person. When you are able to blot out the offense. When you are able to cover the offense and make it as if it never existed. The scripture says that he will not remember. 
but it's not cover it for now. And then you remember five years later. And you have noted it down. Amen. Some people hold on to offenses as if it is treasure. You know, they hold on to offenses. I mean, sometimes you do people good. They don't even carry that. But the offense, when they are offended, they hold on to the offenses as if it is treasure. And sometimes you hear people say things like, I will never forget this thing that you have done to me. I will never forget. And then they add, until I die. Hey, how can you carry such thing to death? You want to carry offense until you die. And the Bible says, so you are sinning against Ephesians 4.26. Till you die. Are you listening? That I will never, have you heard that before? This thing, I will never forget. I will, why? How? Why do you hold on to offense as a treasure? It's not something that you should keep. Some people are able to recollect offenses over years. You did this, and then you did that, and then you did this. You remember this, this day, and you said this, and then you did this, and then you recollect all of them. As if it's a treasure box for you. You are someone who is not going to last in your work with God. Amen. Say amen. I want to give you one last one before we go. People who easily forget. The next symptom is forgetfulness. 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 People who easily forget where God brought them from. People who easily forget what the Lord has done for them. Amen. People who easily forget their beginnings. You easily forget your beginning. You are someone who is easily going to backslide when you are a forgetful person. I'm not talking about you forget names or you forget the answers to your test. I'm talking about when you forget the good that has been done to you. When you cannot remember the good that has been done to you and acknowledge it. You are someone who is not going to last for long. Amen. People don't seem to remember where God picked them up from. They don't remember where the Lord took them from. They don't remember where they were before they met the Lord. Sometimes people's behavior is as if life would have been like this. Do you see? Sometimes people behave as if, if they had not met God, life would have been like this. If they did not meet God, if they did not meet God, life would have been like this. They would have achieved this anyway. They would have come this far anyway. And that makes us ungrateful. That makes us forgetful. Hallelujah. God said to Moses, the cry of my people has reached me. The cry of my people has reached me. That means the people were crying. Are you listening? Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. If you have the New Living Translation, for Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Are you listening? This is what God said. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. I am aware of their suffering. He says, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile 
and spacious land. Then he describes where he's going to bring them. I want you to watch closely and see how this reflects in your life. He says, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. So who possesses the land now? The Amorites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites, and the Hivites. They possess the land now. Are you listening? But it says, look, they cry, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. And God is intending to bring them to a land that is already possessed by the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the Hivites, and the Amorites, and the Allites, the Hittites. You see? So you see, if the Lord is bringing you to a place like that, if the Lord is bringing you to a place where jobs are already possessed by the inhabitants of the place, where degrees are held by inhabitants of the place, where houses are owned by inhabitants of the place, and God is bringing you there, don't you know that God has in mind that he's going to take it from these people and give them to you. Are you listening to what I'm sharing with you? So now when you come and you have an apartment, you don't understand that God has taken an apartment from a Canaanite and has placed you there. When you have a job, you don't understand that God has taken a job from a Jebusite and has placed you there. And you can rise up to thank him. And you cannot remember that. Are you listening to me? You can understand that that class, that chair where you are sitting on to receive knowledge and to get a degree, God has taken a Hivite from that place. A parasite could have sat in that place and God has removed that person and has placed you there. Are you listening? So he says, so I've come down to rescue them. The next verse. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And so on and so forth. So God's intention was to bring them to this land and give them all these things. And now look at Numbers chapter 11 verse 5. Do you remember that God said that he knew about their cry? He knew about their suffering? And that is why he has come down. So Numbers chapter 5, they said, we remember, we remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. No slave master driving us. We didn't have to work hard. No hash. We ate fish freely. The cucumbers and the melons, all kinds of melons and the leeks and the onions, onions and the garlics. We ate all of these freely, but now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes that God is throwing in our eyes every day, every morning, like that. We had beautiful homes. We had apartments, beautiful streets, tarred streets, no red sun. No dust. Today, look at this subway 
and he's sitting there with all this homeless smelling and all these things. And they cannot thank God. <laughs> Are you listening? They cannot remember. They continue, we cannot read all. We sat by our pots and ate meat and bread. We had beautiful graveyards to bury the dead. We had everything. And now look at where we are. It is when a person cannot remember where they were. When a person cannot remember, recollect where you were before God picked you. That is when you begin to talk like that. And when you talk like that, you backslide away from God. You move away from God. When you cannot remember. Hallelujah. But God knows where he picked you from. God knows where you were before he took you. God knows where you were before he brought you where you are today. He knows. And he says, I am the Lord thy God who brought you out of Egypt. Out of your slave masters. Out of your difficulties. Out of your hardship. Out of your prisons. I am the Lord who brought you out. I know. Amen. I think that because we have a tendency to forget the good that has been done to us, I think it's a good and a wise idea to always write down certain good that has been done to you. To write them down. To write down. Listen, I think it's a blessing to do that. That when someone does something good for you, write it down. That you don't forget. Sometimes we intentionally forget the good that somebody has done for us. We intentionally forget and we behave a certain way as if this person has not done any good to you. I'm not sure if it is pride or it is true amnesia. You know, sometimes certain people's behavior is as if no good has been done to them. Sometimes when people turn against churches, it's as if no good has been done to you. Nothing good has been done to you. You turn against a church as if nothing good. That's a church that has brought you up and made you who you are. Sometimes you rise up and attack the church as if there is no good that has come out of the church. But I think when we write these things down, when we write them down, what good has been done to us, it will help us. Hallelujah. Forgetfulness is an evil disease. Forgetfulness is an evil disease and it will cause you to backslide away from God. Hallelujah. Forgetfulness causes most people to backslide. It is the cause of most of our ungodly behavior and ungodly nature. Joe, forgetfulness makes us behave so ungodly. Is he called Joe's name? Why is he calling Joe's name when he's preaching about forgetfulness? Amen. I'm not sure. Sometimes when I call your name, maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you something. But my, my eyes just meet your eyes. And then we just click like that. Listen, God takes forgetfulness very seriously. He takes it very seriously. And God treats forgetfulness and remembrance with seriousness. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 7. You want to read one scripture? You can continue with the New Living Translation and we will read this passage and we can end. Deuteronomy 8 verse 7. Therefore the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water 
with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and the hills. This is where the Lord your God is bringing you. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Can I have a witness? It is a land where iron is a common, is as common as stone, and copper is abundant in the hills. That means a very rich land. When now listen, when you have eaten your fill, be sure, be sure, say be sure. When you have eaten and you have filled, be sure to praise the Lord your God. For the good land he has given you. Be sure. He says, be sure. You have to intentionally praise God. You have to purposefully praise God. To bring that remembrance. To bring you into remembrance of what the Lord has done. He says, you have to make sure and be sure to praise the Lord your God. When you have eaten and you have failed. How many of you are hungry this morning? Okay. So when you eat and you feel full, be sure to praise the Lord your God. He says, but when you are eating and you are full, listen to it. He says, but that is the time to be careful. When you don't lack, when you are not hungry. That is a time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God. In your plenty, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. That means, Kofi, it is easy, very easy to forget the Lord your God when you have plenty. That is why in certain lands, churches are full. In certain lands, in certain countries, churches are full, packed. But in certain countries, in certain lands, where there's plenty, people don't care about God. People don't care about God. So God says, be careful. Be careful that when you are in a land of plenty, that is why I'm sharing with you that you have to force, you have to force God into your life. You have to force to serve God. You have to force to rise up to pray. Else, you are surrounded by plenty. You continue to read. It says, for when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in. You have a fine home. You have a bedroom, living room, you have bathroom, you have kitchen. Wow. You don't have to step out to go to a bathroom. You don't, you don't go to the bathroom. You don't stand on a queue, a line to go to the bathroom. You have kitchen. You have cabinets. Wow. Water is running constantly. You can adjust the temperature of the water the way you want. A little hot, a little cold. Too hot, too cold. You can adjust it the way you want. Francis. Wow. Say wow. Say, God has been good to me. He says, and when your flocks and herds have become very large, and your silver and gold have multiplied, along with everything else, during this time, during this time, the Lord says, be careful. Be careful. When you have a job, be careful. 
Be careful. When you have a degree, be careful. When you have a house, be careful. When you have an apartment, be careful. When you have a car, be careful. When you don't have to walk anymore, be careful. He said, during this period, be careful. Do not become proud. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God. Do not become proud when you have these things at that time. Do not become proud and forget the Lord your God. Young men and young women, are you listening to me? Because God is going to bless you. God has plans to bring you to a land of plenty. God has plans that you will finish college and you will have a job and you will have plenty and you have enough. You can buy any type of clothes that you want. You can buy any type of shoes that you want. You can drive any type of car that you want. Any type of car, you can afford it. But God says, when you come to that stage, be careful, be careful not to forget the Lord your God. He is bringing you to that place. But when you get there, when you are driving your nice car, when you get that degree, be careful. Now, when God is saying be careful, it means there is a high tendency for you to slide back away from God when God has brought you to that place. So he says, when you get there, he says, I have plans to bring you there. I'm going to bring you there. I'm going to bring you to a goodly land. I'll give you a good job. I will give you a well-paid job. I can surprise you. You look at your circumstances. You don't think you can come to a place like that. But he says, I'm bringing you to that place. I'm going to give you that. But when I do, when I bring you there, when I give you that, just be careful. Because there's a high tendency that they will call you and you will not even answer. There's a high tendency. Are you listening to me? There's a high tendency. Many people don't remember their past. Many people don't remember their past. Many people can't remember where the Lord picked them from. It says, do not become proud. Do not become proud. Now, that is a dangerous characteristic to have. Because at that time, God will begin to resist you. God will begin to resist you. You will work hard, but you will not have much. I'm telling you. You will seem to have plenty, but you will never have peace. You will never have peace. Because there is something that no man can give you. No man can give you peace. No man can give you a peaceful rest to sleep. No man. There are certain things only God can give you. So you can have plenty. You can have a lot. But you can buy peace. You cannot buy peace. There are certain things that God has reserved to him alone that no man can give you. No man can give you. So he says, do not become proud. Go back, please. Do not become proud of that at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry and sandy and dusty and red land, red dust, and hunger, and smelly. He says, where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He sustained you. Then he says, he fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this for one reason. 
to deliver you from pride. To deliver you from being in a position where he will resist you. To deliver you. God never intends that he will bless you and resist you. That is why the scripture says, the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich. He does not intend to add sorrow to it. If you are experiencing sorrow in your blessing, it means you have forgotten the Lord your God. You have forgotten the Lord your God. It says to humble you and to test you for your own good. To test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and my own energy. I am the one who has worked hard to get this house. I worked so hard to pay off this car. I worked so hard to get this degree. I worked so hard to get this job. Says that you will never think of it. Never say that to yourself. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. He's the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Hallelujah. But I assure you, Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Says, but I assure you. I assure you. When God is saying, I assure you, it means it is certain it shall happen. He said, but I assure you of this, of this one thing. You can be sure of this one thing. And I want you to take this with you home. Says, I assure you that if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods. You let your job become a God to you. You let your children become gods to you. You let your degree become a job to you, a God to you. You let your, the course that you are taking, your, your career become a God to you. He says, when that happens, I can assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow these things, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly, say certainly, certainly, you will certainly be destroyed. He says, I did all of this, took you through the wilderness. Sometimes God is withholding something from you. And we are crying, and we are crying, and we are crying. And he closes his eyes. It hurts him. That you want this. You are praying. And you are asking. And it seems he is not answering. And he turns away. He says, I'm doing this for your own good. Because I know when I give you this thing, now, that will be your end. So he says, I did this, all of this, for your good. To humble you. That you do not forget the Lord your God. Hallelujah. To teach you that you do not forget the Lord your God. Amen. Hallelujah. That you do not forget the Lord your God. Forgetfulness is a very serious thing. It's a very dangerous thing. When you cannot remember what has been done for you, when you cannot recollect what has been done for you, it's a dangerous thing. God took a whole nation all of Israel, he took them through the wilderness for 40 years just to teach them to learn to remember the good that has been done for them. That is how serious it is with God to forget the good that has been done for you. This is all time will allow us to share. We want to end here. Why don't you stand to your feet? as we bring the message to conclusion. Lift up your hands and let us pray. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. Lord, we thank you for your kindness, for your love. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us 
this bar. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit has ministered to us. You have spoken to us. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, whatever stands as a symptom of backsliding in our lives, Lord, deliver us from them. Sing, Sean. have been blessed with this powerful message come and worship with us on the zoom platform with id number 823-299-84436 every sunday at 12 p.m eastern standard time god richly bless you